Billy Honeycutt, everybody. Woo. Give him a warm welcome, please. Yeah, that's you now. It's you now. It's you. Not yet. Not that much, me. <laughs> oh, I'm singing, right? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can't. I, I say that all the time. Kelly says, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't sing. Don't even try. <laughs> poor, my, poor me. All right. Yeah, well, I don't bring joy to everybody around me. I sing in the shower. I sing at home. I sing down the woods. I sing. Okay, this, this might be the... This might help you understand why I don't sing. I call the cat. We've got a new cat. And I call the cat. And the cat does not come. <laughs> Kelly calls the cat. And the cat comes. I say, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> the cat doesn't come. <laughs> Whatever Kelly says, it comes out a lot different. And that cat says, I'm on my way. I'm a coming. So, but kitty, kitty, kitty doesn't do it. But because, well, the problem is my daughter said when I say kitty, 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 it sounds like a woman, and uh, I don't do it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, let's get started. I'm gonna challenge you a little bit to start with with a with a um, story of the rich young ruler. That's the way I call him. It's in different, in different books of the Bible. They call him that, and they call him, they call him rich, and they call him young, and they call him a ruler in different places. But I'm I'm calling him all the things right now. A rich young ruler. Coming from uh, Mark chapter ten, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have. Give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Folks, there's several things in this, in this scripture that ring out to me. One is that when Jesus spoke, he identified himself as God. He said, why do you call me good? None are good except for God. Well, that man was a prophet. And he didn't even know it. 
Also, that the man was challenged in where he was. But he was also loved in this challenge. God loved on him. And, or Jesus loved on this man. He said Jesus loved him. And he said, and he asked, you know, about all these commandments and everything he had followed. And yes, ever since I was a little boy, yes, 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 I've done all those things. And then he said, sell all that you have and give to the poor. Well, the man just kind of like, and then come follow me. And it said the man's face fell, his head hung. He was very sad, and he walked away. See, what happened there, he was challenged on a couple areas. One, to sell all that you have. Well, he had great wealth. It said, give to the poor. It didn't say give it all to the poor. It just And I checked different versions, different... I went to King James. <laughs> it says, It says the same thing. It, it says... Give to the poor. Didn't say give all to the poor. It says give to the poor. A man had a problem with giving. You know, you don't have to be a rich person to give to people in need. But he was wealthy for a reason. Maybe because he wasn't willing to give. And and so and then he said, then you can come follow me. You know, so. When I, when I read these things and realize how hard it really is for someone to commit their life to Jesus. Because Jesus always calls us to do something that seems a little hard. Because it's things that we have not, we're not used to doing. Folks, today, I believe that every one of us will be challenged somewhere in our life. The question is. Will you hang your head. And walk away. Or will you. Listen. And stand up straight. And receive. What God has to say. And be willing to do it. That's the question. For each of us. For it is impossible with man, but all things are possible through God. I don't want anybody to walk out of this place today with their head hung down. That's not what I'm here for. Uh, that's not why I have this opportunity to speak in front of you. It's to lift you up that you might find that place in the arms of Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this time that we can have with you. Lord, may we have ears that are itching to hear from you. Lord, may we just desire that more than anything else. I'm not talking about all these other folks. I'm talking about me. I want to hear from you this day. But I want these other folks also to hear from you. It's time that we hear from Jesus and we say yes. I want to follow you no matter what. Hmm. I ask this and pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. The, uh, oh God, I guess we need to talk about the pottery. Uh, what's the, on the board? Is it, oh, put the other thing up on there. Yes.
I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's good. That's good. We're going to the potter's house. And so, uh, what do you do at the potter's house? Well, let's just see what old Jeremiah did, the prophet. God would come. His word would come to Jeremiah. And, and it would say, and he would tell Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. He said, I will come back. But I will have something to show you and tell you at the potter's house. And it said that Jeremiah went to the potter's house and the potter was working at the wheel. And as he worked at the wheel, he said the, the clay became marred in his hands. And he would push it back down and then pull it back up and make it into what he wanted it to be. And Jeremiah took note of that very thing. And so now God would come back to Jeremiah. He said, you are like that clay. Like the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands. Folks, that is what it's all about today. Today, you get to go to the potter's house. This is the... This is the closest thing to seeing exactly what Jeremiah saw and, when you, and, and experience it. What, he, what, he, what Jeremiah saw. But it's also an opportunity to hear from God. And just all we have to do is just pay attention. Because I don't want this man right here to get in the way of, of God speaking to you. I'm not an entertainer. I'm just here as a messenger. And, and, and I... I come before you as humbly as I can this day. Saying, I just want to deliver a word to you. I just want to tell you about Jesus today. And do it the best way I can. But we all have to hear from Jesus today. Okay. Let's see what we can do about getting, getting a little mud out here. Let's see. I already did this last night. I was up here. Got a big old ball of clay. I'll challenge myself with a big ball of clay so I can have opportunity to mess up. <laughs> so, and, but hopefully, I'm dependent on God to get us through this thing. <laughs> but we're going to Make something pretty out of this big old clay. All this is, I mean, that's all it is. It's mud. It, it, I, get, I buy it as a block of clay. 25-pound bag of clay. And I buy a box of it. And, but then you have to cut it up, and then you beat it. You beat this thing really good. And, and I make it kind of round. But what you're trying to do is get all the air out of this. Where you would fold over a seam or something, it'll capture a little air pocket in there sometimes. And it just has to be beat. It just has to be beaten down. And so, after that's done, put a little bit of moisture on this wheel. And I'm going to throw this piece of clay on the wheel try to get it a little centered up here so it won't be so hard to center 
this piece of clay, you know, we just, the, the chapter we read earlier, it was about the clay in the potter's hands. The, the deal is that this piece of clay has to go through some rough, rough work here. It's got to be beat on a little bit. It's got to be shaped a little bit. Gotta hit it, bang it, slap it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. That thing, same thing happened to me. I remember when I came to Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you, I got tired of getting beaten, slammed and beaten and slammed and say, because Jesus kept calling me and I kept thinking I would have a better way. I had the better way. But, uh, you know, eventually I gave in. I said, Lord, okay. I, I surrender. I surrender. I can't take this no more. And so now we've got this piece of clay and we got it laying on the wheel. Next thing that has to happen is we have to center it. It's got to be centered in there. So let's let's do a little bit of that. If any of you have ever done this, you'll you'll attest to the fact that how hard it is to get a piece of clay centered. But in real life, you realize how hard it is to get a man centered in Christ. Thank goodness God pushes and pushes. And pushes until we become centered. We want to be centered in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new. This piece does not get centered, it's near impossible to make a bowl or anything. In our lives, for God to be able to do anything with us, we have to receive Christ as our Savior. We have to have a good foundation. We have to be centered in Christ. Old things pass away. Old things become new. I tell you what. Can you move right in the middle? There you go. Everybody can see now, right? Lucy? Okay. She just wants a little bit of mud on her face. <laughs> just a little. Okay, we're pretty doggone close to being centered now. Yeah, a lot of clay. Ooh. Don't scare me. <laughs> hey, Liz. Did you come back? Come on in and find a seat. Okay. She missed her opportunity to hear about Jesus today. I'm going to slow this thing down just a little bit because I'm going to share another scripture with you. I will share scripture with you off and on through this, through this whole thing. I want to uh, help you understand that God tells us things through his word. He shows us things through the potter. <laughs> but he shows us things through his word. And 
Psalms 139, uh, verse 13, it says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Folks, I read this scripture, and I read it because God taught me this scripture. He taught me what this scripture is really all about. And, and so when he says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I understand what that means now. And I'll tell you why that is so important to me. My daughter, my youngest daughter, and some of you have met her, Molly. Um, she's the baby. She's almost, well, she's 38. She's 39. <laughs> I got, praise the Lord, I got my wife here. And thank goodness Molly's not here. <laughs> but Molly married a guy from up north. And that's what happens when you send your kids off to school. I just want you to know they meet some guy and fall in love with him. And they don't even think that he's so far away from your house. Uh, so she married a, a northern, uh, one of those Yankees. And now I love my son-in-law. But he did drag my daughter a long ways off. And so here we got my daughter living in, in Ohio. And, and, and all of a sudden, we don't get to see our daughter much then. Now, Molly was the one that we had to run out with a stick, you know. She didn't want to leave home ever. You know, she... She would have liked to have moved in with us. In fact, there was a little time when she ran back home for a day. And I said, get back up there and make up with your husband. I'm not taking care of you no more. <laughs> but uh, she is also the sweet one in the family. And um, she had had a, a miscarriage once before. And it was devastating to her. But here we get this phone call, and it's late. It's late in the evening, early night. And she said, Mom and Dad, I, I'm having problems. I'm having the same problems I had before with my other miscarriage. I, I think I'm going to lose this baby. But that guy drug my daughter up north. <laughs> and, I, and I can't do anything about it. So mom and dad learned one lesson that night. They learned to pray through the night. So we prayed. And now let me just tell you, when you pray through the night, it's, it's not what maybe it would be normal for some people to think that, that what that would look like. It's laying in bed. Praying, crying out to the Lord, napping, waking up, crying out to the Lord. Take a little nap, crying out to the Lord. Early in the morning, 
God revealed truth to me. See, I never can explain what happened. All I know is I saw the hands of God. <laughs> they were like this, and they were holding a little baby. <laughs> it was in a dark place. And all I could see is those hands and holding that little baby, and I just, I said, praise the Lord. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's go, going to be okay. And I, I woke up Kelly, and we talked about it. And let me just tell you, I look at this scripture right here, and I understand what it means for God to knit me together in my mother's womb. That I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now this scripture means it makes all the sense in the world to me because I've been there. I had to live through it. Macy? Macy's 17 now. Yeah. So, now, I want you to hear this too. That you are, were and are continuing to be fearfully and wonderfully made like the clay in the potter's hands. He's continuing to work in your lives. <sighs> well, next step. Let's go in here and open this piece of clay up. Every piece of clay has to be opened up. Understand, this is what happens to a lot of people within the church. I think a majority of people get to this point. You know, you talk to folks and, yes, I've received Christ as my Savior. And then it's over. They sit around and spin around in a circle. Because, yes, I rest in the fact that I've received Christ. But God is not finished with you yet. If you're, if you're this piece of clay, God's not done with you yet. He's got bigger and better things. He's going to shape you and form you into what he wants you to be. Don't get stuck here. So here we go. I'm going to speed this thing up a little bit. It didn't fly off the wheel. It didn't, it didn't do anything really crazy. Slow this thing down a little bit. We open this thing up. We've got to check the bottom. I think I've got to go down just a little further. We don't want to have a hole in the bottom of this. No, it's about right. Perfect. A pot with a hole in it is called a planter. <laughs> now understand, this is, is the beginning. It was centered. Now we're going to shape it and we're going to form it. And as I do this, you'll notice that my hands reach down inside of it. And they push. It'll push out. And this, this will be a nice bowl when it's all over with. That's my intention. It's my purpose for doing this today because I want a nice bowl. And I want it to have a nice belly on it. I like it to be kind of choked in at the top. 
And I like it to be a little flared at the top. And so, now that's choked in and flared. I guess that works together. You have to have it. You're choked in and then flared. But the whole process is when we're, God continues to work in our lives. See what's happened so far. There's a scripture that kind of attests to that. It's, it's a testimony. Psalms 40. It said, I waited patiently on the Lord. And God inclined his ear. He bent down and heard my cry. And he lifted me up out of a miry pit. Or a slimy pit. Or out of the mud and the mire. And he set my feet upon a rock. And he established my path. And he put a new song in my heart. A song of praise to the Lord. Many will see. And many people will fear. And they will trust the Lord. That's what this is all about. God lifts us up out of the mud and the mire for a purpose. That others might see the work. Like I said before, my hand will be moving inside. When it pushes out the clay, you'll see what happens on the outside. When the hand is working on the inside. When God works on the inside of us, everybody will see on the outside what's going on. So, you want to come up here, Kelly, and we're going to try to do this music. And I'm not going to say anything during this period of time. I'm going to pull this bowl up. And if you'll tell Keith to start that song. Um, you can go ahead and start. I just want to say before I start this song, this is an opportunity for you to really watch his hands on this potter, on the, on the pottery wheel and, and on the clay. Um, this song talks a lot about being in the fire, and if you, you might be there where you feel like you're in the fire. You might be in this stage. But I want to just say that every piece that Billy makes, he loves the piece. And I mean, we have trouble getting rid of pottery because he loves every piece he makes. However... God loves us the same, and he, the potter loves the clay, and as I sing this, just watch his hands. Okay, Keith. <clears throat> Sure is applied. Oh. 
I tremble as he puts me through the fire. I'll trust the potter's hands. He knows what's best for me. He has a perfect plan. These human eyes can't see. He's the potter, I'm the clay. He knows just how much I can take when I face the fire again. I'll trust the potter's hands. His hands work deep inside, and he makes no Though it seems I'll crumble down And I can hardly stand the pain But into his own design He is molding me, I know Though my world spins all around, the potter's in control. I'll trust the potter's hands. He knows what's best for me. He has a perfect plan these human eyes can't see he's the potter i'm the clay he knows just how much i can take when i face the fire again i'll trust the potter's hands. He's the potter, I'm the clay. He knows just how much I can take when I face the fire again. I'll trust the potter's good amen section back there I tell you that we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works works 
which he has planned in advance for us to do. And this, as the clay came up, and the everything that happened had purpose. I didn't move my hands. I, I, I put a base down here early on. I flared at the top first. Then I pushed the belly out. There's steps that you have to take to make the thing come out right. It may not have been like you thought I should do it. But you're not the potter. See, this is my pot. My pot. But let me just tell you. Like the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in God's hands. God's got a perfect plan. And his ways are much higher than our ways. And there's times when you will, that God will do stuff in your life and everybody around you will think you're half crazy. But God's got a plan. He's got a perfect plan for our lives. He wants to put his hands all over us. See, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God's plan is perfect for his pot. For his pot. Now, you know, we can get into all kinds of stuff like... God's will and God's timing and all this stuff. But there's got to be a time in our lives when we can trust God enough, when you can trust the potter enough to accept what happens in your life and know without a doubt that it's God's plan. I believe that everything that happens in our lives up to this point, has prepared us for this moment in life. God doesn't make mistakes with us. We make mistakes. God doesn't make bad decisions in our life. We make bad decisions. God makes His decisions out of love. He wants the very best for you. Everything in your life is concerned about how you mature and how you grow in Him. Let me just tell you, God does not really need you. But I'll tell you this, I sure do need God. When things get tough, I know I need God. These pieces of pottery up here, this piece right here is a, it's gone through the fire one time. Now, it was like this. Now, it's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? But it's not done. But let me just tell you, it had to go through the fire. 
Because if I did that to this ball right here, I would knock holes in it. <laughs> and it would look very bad. <laughs> it, would, it would break my heart. But this piece had to go through the fire to mature it. It has to be dried and matured. And, and then I can bring it out and hold the shape now. Folks, we go through life and we're constantly going through the fire at different times. We hate the fire. I hate the fire. I hate it. But on the outside, after I go through the fire, I look back and God has done something very special in my life. He's matured me that I might be more usable. Hmm. You guys might be going through a fire right now. It might be really tough. God will never leave you nor forsake you. You are His creation. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's got a perfect plan for your life. He does not want to give up on you. He does not want to quit. And he won't quit. He's promised us so many things. If we just trust him. Through the years. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I don't always trust God. I think it might be too big for God. <laughs> If I can't handle it, how can God handle it? And I'm mad now. Why God let me go through this? I don't know why I'm going having to do this. I don't know why. I don't know why I lost my parents. I don't know why this happened in my life. I don't know why Riley has had CP. I don't know things like that. But God always had a plan of perfection. Everything happens. Now this bowl right here is pretty. It still has a little ring to it. It's gone through the fire a couple times. <coughs> Excuse me. And with these things, you can't cough. You can't turn your head. It's there. Y'all have to endure this coughing. <laughs> this piece right here has got my name on the bottom of it. Back when I made it it's pretty isn't it it's pretty I love this bowl got my name on it it's special to me I love it I love to make it I loved it now and I will love it forever and if it gets sold I will love it <laughs> and, and it will still have my name on it <laughs> let me just tell you we're just like this bowl Except the name on us is Jesus. We've been bought and paid for. He lifts us up. He said we will go through hard times for a period of time. But then He will lift you up. He will lift you up. You will bring glory to Him. Because His name is all over you. Like the clay is in the potter's hands, 
so are you in God's hands. The um, process of going through the fire, being made, is a process that we all go through. But we have to submit. The clay had to submit to my hands. It had to give in. Now, I've gotten some old hard clay, and it don't give in. It doesn't want to give in. It doesn't want to quit. It wants to have its own way, and sometimes you just got to let it go. But God wants us to surrender and let him take care of things. Even sitting up here in front of you, I had to surrender before I come before you or I would be a nervous wreck right now. I'd be falling apart. But I have to give this back over to the Lord. I'd much rather you hear from God than hear from me, that's for sure. Because I will let you down, I'm afraid. But God will never let you down. In Romans chapter 12, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's all about surrender. Saying, God, I can't do it. Because with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. If you're going through a hard time, you can't do it. Because with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. God never does things in our lives to hurt us. He does things in our life to stop us from going in wrong directions. But He never wants to hurt us. He always wants to help us. He wants to do what's best in our lives. I kind of want to finish up with a scripture here. It's from Jeremiah chapter 29. Verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity. Folks, God just has a good plan for you. And he wants the best for you. And that last little thing, I didn't, I, I know what God tells me that that means. It brings me back from captivity. Because I know in my life, I have fallen back before into sin. I've fallen back. Into a place I know that I should not be. 
and I get cap I get I become captive of that sin. But God says, no, he's going to bring me back. He's going to bring me back. Praise the Lord, he brings me back. He loves me. He loves me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves me. He cares for me. Every step of the way, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Surrender. There was a man called Caleb in the Old Testament. <coughs> yeah, I did that pretty good. That wasn't so loud. Oh, Caleb was one of the spies that went to the promised land, came back. He was one of the ones that gave the good report. And, and Joshua was, you know, right along with him. Everybody else was coming back and said, No, we can't go with their giants. They'll, they'll eat us. <laughs> they, they'll destroy us. You can't do it. Everything's there to destroy you. But yet this is the promised land. And old Caleb would say, stand up before the whole congregation. No. He said, they're like bread to us. We will consume them. Don't turn against God. Don't, don't go against God. You know what God said about old Caleb? I'm going to bring him into the promised land. Because he has a different spirit about him. He follows me wholeheartedly. He's got a different way about him. Folks. I hope and I pray. That God can look at me. And say. Billy. Willis Hill Honeycutt Jr. You follow me wholeheartedly. Huh. I'm taking you to the promised land. Woo. Folks. Maybe you've been challenged a little bit today. I don't know. Maybe you're that lump of clay that I had to start with. Maybe you're just getting beat around so much you just can't hardly take it. But you're not going to give in. Maybe you're on that wheel and, and you... And you're centered in Christ. You know that you received Christ, but nothing's going on in your life. You don't understand what's going on. Maybe you forgot to submit. God's got more to do in your life than that. Maybe you've been opened up and, and flared out. Ready to go. Maybe you've submitted and you still want more. Well, God's got bigger and greater things for you. He has got bigger and greater things for you. He does not quit on you. You may quit on God, but He will not quit on you. You may be frustrated and, and, and beaten down, but God will not leave you there. He will lift you up. He will lift you up high. <laughs> because His name is on you, and His name is on me. And he does not want to disgrace you or himself. He won't leave you there. Folks, I thank you for this time. Maybe God got to speak to you just a little bit. I'm going to let Michael close his service.
And um, thank you so much. Let's show our gratitude to Billy. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. You did good. That's a beautiful bowl. It's beautiful, one of a kind. So, so grateful for Billy this week. And I um, want to let you know, I mentioned last week that next Sunday is uh, going to be something very special in the life of our church. We are going to get to celebrate the Lord's Supper, the communion. That is something we were gearing up to do before COVID shut us down so long ago. And this will be the first time we get to celebrate the Lord's Supper here in this facility. That is exciting. Uh, I'll be grabbing a couple of you. Well, actually, I need a lot of help right after the service. Anyone who is willing to move a chair, and you know whether you have business moving a chair or not, so don't hurt yourself. we got enough people who can, but these chairs are going to have to be moved way over there and probably stacked up somehow, and we'll find, a, we'll find a way to secure them so they don't fall on anybody. And when you come in next week, there will be tables, okay? Tables, and we want you to sit at those tables. We do the Lord's Supper different than maybe what you've seen before, and it's pretty special. We try to keep it as close as possible to the, the night before Jesus was crucified, you know, in the upper room, and they all sat at tables, and they broke bread together. That's what we're aiming for. We have to take some precautions because we've, we're living in times where people are very conscious about germs. So if it makes you feel more comfortable, you might sit at a table with some people who you're in regular contact with if that makes you feel a little more comfortable about exposure. And, and the folks serving will have some gloves on. We'll do, we'll do the things that we need to do to make it good and safe. So come next week with a heart that is ready for something different, something special. And uh, I believe that it will bless you greatly. Thank you again to Billy. Amen. Thank you, Billy. And um, I'll close this out in prayer, and we'll send you on your way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word today. Thank you for the reminder to me that your name is on me and that you've made me in a way that pleases you. Lord, I, I pray we'll all take that to heart. We so often feel frustrations about our own limitations, and yet you made us for your purpose. And I pray we'll live it out fully. Lord, as we go into the communion service next week, the Lord's Supper service, I pray you'll bless us and make us ready that all of the, the logistical matters will be settled and we'll be able to come in here next week and have such an intimate experience with you. God, we give you the glory and pray that you'll continue to lead us and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. We'll see you.